Hey guys, this is Brandon DeVere, and you're listening to the Learn For Two podcast. So here's the thing. After being in the real estate industry for over a decade, I realized the old model was broken. There was no way out, no end in sight. So I decided to ditch the masses and create my own opportunity. One that would put myself and others in a position to retire when we want to. This podcast is my journey to teach as many people as possible to do the same. My name is Brandon DeVere, and welcome to the Learn For Two podcast. Hey guys, welcome back. Learn for Two podcast. This is Brandon DeVere. And as always, thank you for tuning in and sharing your time with me. Definitely appreciate that. Today we are on to episode 104. <coughs> Very excited to be able to continue this. And now we're on to uh, well through our week 21 straight. So that's, that's pretty awesome. And thank you all for tuning in uh, and going on this journey with me. And one of the things I was thinking about today because I posted yesterday, I actually posted on Facebook the my hundredth episode. Obviously, is a couple couple days behind, but I wanted to write something and and acknowledge a couple of the people that are influential in in what I'm doing now. And and as I move forward, and I talked about uh, one of my best friends, Nick McLean, best friend since we were four, uh, and he and I often talk business. We talk a li- we we go in a little more depth um, than some of the other conversations that I have uh, with with some of my friends and it goes on beyond sports and and comedy and jokes and stuff like that. But, you know, we get pretty deep and talk about, you know, all, all things life. And that's been a a huge help for me as I continue to grow. And he has a coach that, who I've, you know, learned from, although he's not, he is not my, technically my coach. Like I don't pay for his services or anything like that, but I follow him on Facebook, John Sheplak. I've mentioned him on here before, and he has just, you know, as I talked about the micro commitment, uh, recently, that's, that was, uh, that's a, a huge deal for me. And that's how I'm at episode 104 now is just by making that micro commitment. But, uh, what, what I wanted to kind of talk about is, um, is sometimes, you know, we always want to be compensated like right away for something. Um, and we tend to not want to, what, what I've learned the most over the last couple of years is, is to lead with value and, and bring something, give something to someone instead of always asking. And in the real estate industry, we do a lot of asking. Um, we do a lot of, you know, Hey, do you know anybody looking to buy or sell? You friend somebody on Facebook and you ask them for something right away. You're just nonstop asking them. You don't even know them yet, but you're asking them, you know, wh- how can I get your business? Stuff like that. But we're rarely ever bringing any value. And the value that we do bring as a whole is typically not Awesome upfront. I'm not talking about the people that that take great care of their clients, get, you know, get great deals for them, walk, get them through the process, minimal headaches, all that stuff, all those five star Zillow reviews. I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about the the intro level of, hey, this is come look at homes. Well, there's a million sites out there where you can look at homes like that that type of stuff. And um, but we want we want their business right away. And and there's no there's no like guess as to why the like online lead generation is typically like two to 3%. Like if you're hitting two to 3%, you're doing pretty good. Uh, and that's what many of these online lead generation places will, will tell you that you're doing good at that, like two to 3%. But the reason being that it's that low is that we aren't really offering anything up front to, to give them. And the people who are, are closing it, you know, a little bit higher, like six, seven, eight percent Um, but for the most part, it's like, Hey, put your website out there, throw some Facebook ads on it. Boom, boom, boom. And, and do that. We're not really leading, leading with any type of value or, or giving anything, um, that the consumer can use. But, uh, 
And, and part of the reason is, and it's not just in this industry, it's in a lot of industries. And I'll, I'll turn it back to the industry that I thought that I was going to be in. After high school, I did a little bit of college and then I decided, you know what? I, I was actually in a, in a punk rock band um, when I was 18, 19. And it was it was a ton of fun. You know, we played a few shows. You know, we we practice all the time. My my one of my other best friends, Tony, uh, and I talk about like before the music, and and we you know we talked about you know before there were nothing because like the VH1 shows that you watch where it was behind the music, it was like these huge bands doing all this stuff, and then something like happened to them and they had to overcome it. Well, we never made it that far because we were kind of a disaster, you know, behind the scenes before anything ever even happened. So, it, you know, that's why we kind of joke around that it was that we were before the music. Um, but anyways, so I, I had a passion for music. My dad was uh, my dad played bass from, you know, I think his, his brother came home and told me he needed to play bass like back in high school because he needed the bassist for a show or something like that. Then he became he was in a band. They were on some battle of the bands on some. It was called Happening in 69. It was a, a show like a Dick Clark show. And, you know, super, super cool stuff. But uh but you know, so music was something that I had an interest in. I was never really good. I mean, still have a couple guitars. I'm just, I'm, I'm not great at it. I ha- I know enough just to kind of screw around. Uh, but I was really interested in in putting like becoming a, a you know an audio engineer and stuff like that. So I took a course years ago, back like 2001 and 2002. I took a course and um, it was a five week audio engineering course in this place called Chillicothe, Ohio. And we lived in cabins. So there was like four of us guys, was there four or five. Yeah. Four of us guys living in this cabin, like all together uh, for five weeks. And we just walked down the hill. Like, and when I say walk down the hill, it was not like a trail or anything like that. It was walk down the hill in the woods down to just, just across this like little highway uh, to go to this, uh, to, to this class or to the, to our class. And we'd basically go like eight to 10 hours. We could go screw around. It was like all hands-on training and stuff like that. And compared to the other class that they had, or the other school that I saw with a similar thing, it was like full sale out in, I think it's Orlando, but that was like a 20 or 30, maybe even $40,000 to go to, um, where this one was like three grand. So of course, this is the one that I, I chose, went there. But the cool thing about this one is that we got to get in there and, and do stuff, be, be hands-on. And when I got out, uh, I went out and I went up to a, to a local uh, recording studio I called him up and said, Hey, I just went through this program. I wanted to, to do this. And this was up in Seattle. And so I went and I worked for this guy for, for free, uh, for, I don't know, probably like six to eight months. And it, it was free, but then he would find things. He would always let me do stuff and, and participate and, and get like learn. Cause like in, for me, internship means you work for free in turn. You're going to, you're going to learn something. So he would have, he put me on the liner notes. I thought that was like the coolest thing ever of one of the, one of the CDs that we recorded. I know anybody listening to this that uh, doesn't remember CDs <laughs> or, or, you know, that you're streaming music. Now we don't really have to worry about CDs anymore, but I was on the liner notes and, you know, as a like assistant audio producer or something like that. And it, it was, I thought that was really cool, but he made me feel like kind of a part of it. And anytime he could, he'd throw me, you know, a couple bucks. Hey, you know, there, uh, at one point Hart was doing one of their final farewell tours and they came in and he needed somebody in there, uh, to just hang out at the studio while they, they just rehearsed. So I'd go in a couple nights a week and hang out, play pool while they're sitting there going through, uh, you know, practicing and things like that. But he always made it, give me an opportunity to, I didn't make 
money there. I, he threw me uh, every time he could, he'd, he'd throw me a, a couple bucks here and there. And then when I moved down to Las Vegas, I did the same thing for another, uh, another person, another re- recording studio down here. And that one was, I didn't learn a thing. And it, w- it was a bummer because it was like the first guy was like, Hey, you know what? I'll, I'll put him like the difference was this guy was in a band. He, he kind of did his, his side gig, uh, for live audio, but he also did recording. Uh, and then he tried to implement me in any way that I could be in there where he didn't really need to pay me, pay me a bunch, but I was always learning. So it was, it was easy for me to want to work for him. Um, then I came down here and I was stuck. The, the coolest thing down here was it was a, there were higher celebrities. So for instance, if you ever remember the show crank Anchors, where they'd make prank phone calls and, uh, have the, that acted out with puppets on comedy central. And it was like Jimmy Kimmel, Adam Carolla, like David Allen Greer. Um, I met Ludacris there. I mean, like just all these different uh, Drew Carey, Kevin Nealon, like all these guys, uh, that I got to meet there. So that was pretty cool. And oddly enough, all of them were really cool. And Drew Carey was probably one of the nicest people I've ever, I've ever met. And I actually met him a couple times after that at, at different jobs, which is strange. Um, but he was, he's always, always nice. Uh, and, but anyways, that was a cool part is I got, I got to go sit in on those calls while they're making those calls and recording them. And then you'd see them later on. But I, that, that spot kind of killed my dream. Um, even though I was, I was willing to work for free and go in there and just be like, yeah, I'll come in here. We'll do this. I'll learn stuff. But what happened was I got stuck in the duplication room. So he had this deal with like local artists here in Vegas where we would print off like 500 to a thousand of their, of the CDs for the local talent, like the local shows. And so I was stuck back there half the time listening to like XM radio and listening to or maybe a series at that time, whatever it was, I listened to the comedy channel on there and duplicating all these CDs. Well, I wasn't learning anything other than like how to do this manual labor with these CDs, shrink wrapping them, cutting them, all this stuff. Uh, but like I, I was okay to work for free in this scenario though, the, the guy before me knew I just ended up leaving Seattle area. So that's why I quit working for him. But had I not, he was, he was basically grooming me to do something and be something productive there and getting me any opportunity I could to learn. And also giving me, whether it was 20 bucks to go sit there and you know, back in 2001, it was, that was, you know, not, you know, it was say 20 bucks, 20 bucks. And I was 19 years old or no, I was, I was 21 at that time, but he'd like, Hey, go get a six pack or whatever and do that. And then here, was, was different where I wasn't really learning anything. And, and that guy was kind of, okay, I have this free labor. How can I maximize it? And I was just making, making him money without me learning anything. And that was more of the, instead of investing in me, like the other guy did, he kind of burnt me out. And I was like, you know what? This isn't, this isn't for me. I'm, I'm looking, if I got to be like this guy and he's driving like nice cars and stuff like that. Um, the other guy was, was just, just doing the thing. Yeah, I think he had a, like a blazer or a Bronco or something like that. And he, uh, up in Seattle and he was just, he was doing his thing, but he was trying to make it right for me for what the effort that I was putting in. Um, and this guy just, I, I kind of looked at it down here in Vegas and I go, you know what, if I have to do that to somebody else and just get free labor just to, just to survive. Cause one thing I noticed that in the recording studio arena, a lot of people, we're having to, to do like a side gig because they, how easy it is. Like for instance, right now I'm, I'm recording from a free app with a microphone that I paid less than $70 for, and I can do this. And this is something I used to have to go into a studio for. Uh, but this is now I can have it, boom, I can do it, do it in 15 minutes, have it done and be out there for people to listen to. Uh, and so I kind of saw the writing on the wall there that I would have to have some other, some other outlet or income stream to continue to be a, a, 
the audio engineer, but I looked at, I looked at that and I didn't want to do it the way the guy was doing it to me here. So that's kind of why I, I, I stopped there, but I've always, always kind of known and have heard recently, listen, listen a lot more recently that when you're, you know, you're leading with value, it's okay not to get paid for something right away. For instance, I was just talking to, uh, my buddy Cliff that I mentioned on here before the, the uh, host of path to 1 million. Uh, and we were sitting here chatting and kind of talking about, you know, just, just getting out there like this. Technically we aren't, we aren't getting paid up front for, to, to do these podcasts and do this, but our goal, every time we step behind the mic or step behind the camera, our goal is to, to be providing some kind of value to someone. Hopefully someone out there is, is getting the value and we're okay with not being compensated like right now, because what's going to happen is as we continue to do this, you know, things are going to, are going to come in. And we just, I just said, you know, asked him, you know, what, what he's been up to as far as, you know, anything, anything new coming up. And, you know, he's got a couple, he has people reaching out to him, you know, t- uh, to, they're, they're trying to get him to be a, uh, to work for them. They're, they're going after him. He's not applying for jobs. He's not, I'm not even sure if he's in the market to, to take on a job or to be what these people want, but people are listening to him, understand him, know him. He's provided so much value. They want him as a part of, of what they're doing. And the same thing, I just had the fourth now, since I started my podcast classes two months ago, I just had my fourth outside person request that I go share classes with, with their company or their organization. And why, you know, why is that? partially because I'm, I'm doing this and, and that, that class is free. I go there and I, and I share it with them. Uh, because what it, what it helps do is build a portfolio for myself. And I can also, I can also share, uh, what I'm learning, how things are changing, new things I'm learning, things I used to do, things I'm not doing anymore, you know, stuff like that. But the idea is I'm not telling them, they're not just saying, Hey, yeah, we do this. Well, how much? And then I charge them to go in and, and talk to them. Now, the downside of that is that uh, some people will go there and they'll take your free information and they just won't do anything with it. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll talk about this in another episode because we're running a little bit long here. But uh, as he talks about in um, Thinking Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, he talks about uh, why our education, and I may have met, uh, mentioned this before, but why our education system struggles so much. And this is back in the 30s, I think that he was writing this, 20s or 30s, um, that it's free. And people don't assign a value to it. And that's it. So that there is the flip side of it is that when you give something away for free, people don't, people may not run with it uh, because they may not understand the value of it. Um, but in this case right now, I'm, I'm okay with providing, you know, free content, free value, free things to, to people as I, as I build my business, because one, it allows me to contribute and two, it will allow me to build myself and build my audience and put me in a position um, to where I can have people that are, are going to want to come after me. Just like, just like Cliff, he's got at least two people I know um, that he, that are looking, that have reached out to him, trying to get him to help them with their business. And I've had, you know, four people in the last two months, that's four more people than in the previous 38 years of my life <laughs> that have reached out to me and said, Hey, are you, uh, can you, can you come teach us this? We, we want to learn this. So that's, that's why I feel the importance of doing things for free sometimes, uh, can, can really benefit you when you're not and and also it, it takes, 
it takes the selfishness out of it when you are not wanting something for every minute of your time. Uh, and you, you get the opportunity to provide something that is genuine and you can get people to understand that you can, you can make a connection with people much better that way. So, uh, just wanted to, to throw that out there. You know, sometimes you do something for free and some, sometimes you just, you just continue to do it so you can learn and you can practice and you can do all that. Uh, I, I, even, even tomorrow, not everything is perfect either because tomorrow we had a, a bunch of people call in for, for tomorrow's class that are sick, but it, so they canceled them, my, my class tomorrow for, uh, for the podcast class, but we'll reschedule. We'll do it a little bit later. It doesn't have to happen right now. I don't need to be compensated right now. Just go focus on the next step, do that and, and continue to bring value. So I guess in a long winded way, just wanted to let you know that it, it's okay. It's okay to do something. You don't have to, it doesn't make you less of a business person uh, to maybe offer something for free. Now, I'm not saying discount your stuff all the time and and make and, and devalue what you do. I'm just saying when you when you bring somebody, when you're first meeting people, maybe give them something instead of asking them for something. Sorry right, guys, I will end with that and I'll be back tomorrow for episode 105 and look forward to it. Look forward to seeing you there and have a great one. Hey, thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe and please leave a comment. If you'd like your free copy of Four Ways to Leverage Your Existing Real Estate Business or to apply to join my team, go to the retiredrealestateagent.com for your free growth pack.